0: morning does indeed come from St. Luke. It is chapter 10, verses 25 through 37, and found on page 1612 in your pew Bible. Luke records, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? And he answered, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength and with all of your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers, and they stripped him of his clothes, and they beat him, and they went away, leaving him half dead A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw the man, he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, well, he took pity on him. He went to him, and he bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And then he put the man on his own donkey. He brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day, he took out two denarii, and he gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expenses that you may have. Now which of these, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? And the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, Go and do likewise. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. So I imagine that most of you recognize the parable that we heard today in the gospel. Most people call it the parable of the Good Samaritan. And our culture here in America recognizes this parable by naming a wide variety of charities after it. Charitable organizations using the word Samaritan. For example, we have Good Samaritan Hospital. We have Good Samaritan Nursing Home. And, of course, we have Samaritan's Purse. There are several others, but that's what I came to mind. Now, there are charitable organizations named after the Good Samaritan all over, and for the most part, these organizations are good. They are caring organizations of mercy that do provide services to their communities. The good, noble, caring work that these organizations do, well, that makes it difficult. It makes it difficult for us to understand what the shock value was that Jesus packed into this parable that we just heard in today's gospel. You see, the Jewish person in that day had a far different understanding of what a Samaritan actually was than what we do today. When Nebuchadnezzar destroyed Jerusalem and he forced the Jews to leave the land, then right after that he settled people from other cultures into that land and they brought their religions with them, and they combined their religious practices with the religious practices of the locals. And this produced a hybrid religion and a culture that was the Samaritans. And when the Persians defeated Babylonia, and the Babylonians, they allowed the Jews to return back to Jerusalem. And the returning Jews condemned these false practices of the Samaritans, for the Jews considered them traitors for polluting the true faith. In fact, an immense hatred grew between these two cultures. Now, as I remember back, way, way, way back, pastors struggled to explain the level of hatred between the Jews and the Samaritans. Sadly, today, our world has changed so much that it's pretty easy to give you an example that will drive the point of the hatred home. If you want to understand the impact of this story on the original audience then we just need to make a very simple substitution. Every time that you hear the word Samaritan, think of radical Islamic terrorist. The parable of the good Samaritan becomes the parable of the good radical Islamic terrorist. If that shocks you, and it should, and it makes your head hurt just a little bit, then you have an idea. You have an idea of the shock that this narrative had on the people who heard it the first time that Jesus said it. Now, the other thing we need to better understand this parable is the question that caused Jesus to tell the story in the first place. Why did he tell this parable? Well, we heard a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? That's Luke 10, 25. And it's really not apparent at first, but this question is absolute nonsense. Do you know why? A lawyer should know better than to ask a question like this. And at the same time, this question demonstrates the false religion of the world, of their world back then and of our world right now. That is this. There is nothing that anyone can do to inherit anything. Can you? No. An inheritance is something that a person receives because somebody else did something. A person receives an inheritance because someone else wrote that person into a will and then died. An inheritance is a pure gift that is given as a result of the death and the last will and testament of the original owner of that gift. So the lawyer, he is right in his assumption on one thing. He is right in his assumption that eternal life is an inheritance. Eternal life is a free gift from God that went into effect upon the death of the Son of God on the cross. It is, most definitely, by every, every definition of the word, an inheritance. Now at the same time, the lawyer demonstrates the false religion of the world, that there is something that I do, that you can do, that will have an effect on the inheritance of eternal life. And God wants to give eternal life as a gift. The false religion wants to earn. It wants to earn eternal life as a wage. I do this, you give me that. If I don't see you doing that, then you're not going to get that. You see how that makes things kind of icky? And every time that Jesus encountered somebody with this delusion, and it happened, He poured out the law. He poured the law on them so that that person could see how impossible it is to earn eternal life. He would say to them, and he said to this man, What is written in the law? How do you interpret it? And Jesus began by taking the lawyer back to the basics. Catechism class, if you will. And the young man replied with the standard answer that every Jew learned in Sabbath school. He said, You shall love the Lord, the Lord your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind, and you will love your neighbor as yourself. Pat answer. This is straight out of Moses from Deuteronomy. And it also was in today's Old Testament reading from Leviticus. Jesus acknowledged that the lawyer got the answer exactly right. And then he told the lawyer that this was the key to earning eternal life. Jesus said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. If you will love God and love your neighbor perfectly, then you will earn eternal life. And it is at this point that the honest person will see the problem, that the honest person will understand that there is no way for him to love God and neighbor as he should, and therefore there is no way that he or anyone else can earn eternal life. Now, on the other hand, the lawyer in today's gospel still believes he has a chance. <laughs> it said, Luke recorded that he, desiring to justify himself to Jesus, said this, And who is my neighbor? The lawyer thought that if the definition of neighbor was just tight enough, then he could love his neighbor. It's easy to love your neighbors when they are lovable. Jesus told the parable of the Good Samaritan in order to widen the man's understanding of what is and what it means to be a neighbor. That is the reason that Jesus took the first century equivalent of a radical Islamic terrorist and made him the hero of the story. The point that Jesus made with this story is that the most unlikely, the most unlovable, the most difficult person that you meet is still your neighbor. You shall love your neighbor as yourself, Leviticus 19.18. Now, if we recast the story that Jesus told in modern-day terms, then the radical Islamic terrorist gave aid to a man that the radical Islamic terrorist, his friends, would call this man a Zionist pig. He rendered first aid, and he got him transported to the emergency room. And then he left his visa card with the hospital, and he gave them an unlimited, unlimited credit line to do what they could to help the poor victim. And at the end of the story, Jesus said to the lawyer, you go and do likewise. Do you begin to understand with this, when we flip it upside down like that, do you understand just how Incredible the standard is that Jesus sets for this poor lawyer and for us. The right response to this parable, the right response to this parable is to surrender. No ordinary human being can live up to the standard that Jesus established in this parable. No ordinary human being can do what needs to be done to inherit eternal life. Now, of course, there is one who lives up to the standard. That's Jesus. He's the one who told the story. He is no ordinary man. He is the Christ who is true man and true God. So let's consider how Jesus kept the standard of the parable of the Good Samaritan. Listen to these inspired words from the Apostle Paul. When Paul writes, for while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So as... We laid along the side of the road, as you and I laid on the side of the road, slaves to sin, disgusting and dead in trespasses and sin. Christ poured out his life for us. Each and every one of us was unlikable, unlovable, and difficult. And even so, God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's Romans 5, 6 through 8. Christ hanging on the cross, dealing with your sins, is God's ultimate expression of his love for you. But wait, there's more. More. The Samaritan in the story, he transported the poor victim to an inn where he could receive care and where he was healed. And Christ sends the Holy Spirit to gather his people into his church where they also receive care and healing. The forgiveness of sins Is freely given by word as the pastor absolves the sin of the baptized. The forgiveness of sins is given individually, one mouth at a time, as the pastor brings forward the very body and blood of our Savior for us Christians to eat and to drink. And the forgiveness is proclaimed by the preaching of the word. All of these are the medicine of immortality that Jesus has given to his church and to care for his saints. All this is backed up by the unlimited credit line of God's love as expressed in the gospel. In the parable of the Good Samaritan, Jesus has taught us that there is absolutely nothing that we can do to inherit eternal life. Instead, there is this impossible standard of love that none of us can meet. And thankfully, Jesus is the Christ who kept his high standard of love and that he loved us even while we were unlovable. We inherit eternal life because Christ has died and he put us in his will. Now we shall live forever, even as he has risen from the dead and lives into all eternity. It's really all about Christ and him crucified. In the name of Jesus, amen.